0: This message is a presentation of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information about the ministry of Vortex Church, please visit us online at vortexchurch.com. We are um, week three of a series that we started uh, really the second week of September called F-Bombs, right? And I don't know if y'all came expecting me to cuss today. Uh, uh, not going to happen, um, but we are we have spent uh, uh, several weeks looking at bombs that, when dropped and exploded in our lives, have devastating long term impacts we We are uh, going to continue that today. The first week we looked at fear and looked at how Really, ultimately, fear is us looking at a situation and saying, God, you can't do that. And ultimately, in the, the precept of fear, God has called us to not fear anything except Him. And that if we're living lives that are truly honoring and fearful of being anything except what God would have us to be, we don't have to be afraid of anything. That's a phenomenal Truth for us to live in. Last week, we looked at the F bomb of fair, and how I I had to break the news to some of you that life is not fair. <laughs> Sorry if you hadn't learned that yet, but life is not fair. But in in the in the wake of an unfair life, a, a world that has been eroded and devastated by sin, God has called us into a lifestyle of faithfulness. And I and I told you last week, I, I really want this to sink into us, that if we would simply honor God and be faithful, what most of us are saying in our hearts, the world owes us because it's fair. God would simply give us through our faithfulness. All right. And and I really think that 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 is a, a a very important truth for us to to learn, and this week we're going to step forward in this series. the The real issue at hand is something that we're going to be dealing with pretty much the entire fall. All right, we're we're, we're looking at it from several different angles, but the issue is life, and and the truth about life is that life is it's not as simple as eating and. And breathing—it's not as simple as having a bed to lay down and, and a routine to go through. There's there's something greater in there. And Jesus said in John fourteen six that the thief is there to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Look at that. Jesus says more and better life. If you only define life by living and breathing, you've got all the life you can have right now. But Jesus is pointing to something that's greater. And he's ultimately saying to us, the only way you're going to get this life is through me. But there are forces at work that want to steal that from you. They want to take it from you. So this life that I want to give you, this intention that I have for you, there is a stream that is billowing against you. And it is wearing you down and pushing against the current of the gospel in our lives. The thief wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy that life. So, what is the foundation of an authentic life? What is the foundation of an authentic life? What does that look like for us? As Jesus is wrapping up the longest recorded sermon in the New Testament, the Really, the, the most teaching that we have recorded from Jesus in one place, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. As he is bringing that to a close, and like all good preachers, Jesus saved some of the best for the last. Because he's helping us understand that I've given you this and I've pointed you to this and I've said, don't worry, don't worry about your life. I've told you how to pray. And now I'm going to bring it down so that you understand how this is important to you. So in Matthew 7, 24 and 27, we'll read together. Therefore, everyone who hears these words, these words being what he has just taught, the words that he has given to his disciples. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because its foundation had been built on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. Now, I don't know if you're a student of architecture, There's all kinds of styles. Some of your houses are country cottage, right? Some of you have some more modern urban designs in your home. There's an architectural design kind of foundation that's been emerging over the last several years. It's called postmodern architecture. It's a little different than what we're used to. Because everything in a modern perception had to be useful. Listed in one of the top 10 postmodern architectural wonders is a place in the University of Ohio State called the Wexner Center for the Arts. It's remarkable to look at. The ironwork outside is intricate and elaborate. And if you go inside, they have stairwells that are overlaid over other stairwells. And one time, a a visiting preacher who was doing a a symposium, his name is Robbie Zacharias, one of the most brilliant men in all of Christendom today, was doing an open forum to let university students ask him questions about the gospel. and, And he does this all over the world. And they were giving him a tour, and they took him into this building, and they said, look, it's beautiful. Look at this staircase right here. It, go, it doesn't even go anywhere. Look at that. And there's a door up there. Do you see that door? If you open that door, there is a wall directly behind it. It doesn't even go anywhere. You see, and they, they made this statement to him, the architect that designed this building throughout all conventions Everything that you know about architecture, he threw it out when he designed this building. And Ravi, in, in one of his Eastern moments, said, well, did he do that with the foundation? Did he throw out everything that we know about building a foundation because it looks like this thing is pretty firm? And they shrunk back a little bit and said, no, it's built on A typical foundation because foundations matter. What we choose to build our life on top of matters. And Jesus is showing us in this passage that we have two foundational choices, two choices in our lives of what we can build our lives on top of. He says that we can build our life on the rock. Or on the sand. Now I want to point out the way that Jesus teaches this moment. Because it's important for us to recognize and identify the way that Jesus is teaching us. The differences between what sand and what rock are. Because Jesus in in his teaching tells us about someone who built a house on rock. And someone who built a house on sand. And what happened? There came a storm, right? And there was wind and water. And the house that was built on the right foundation stood. But the house that was built on sand crashed down. You see, Jesus shows us that the rock will not be affected. By outside circumstances. That when our life is built on the right foundation, the winds will come. The waters will rise. The rain will indefinitely fall. But the building will stand. But if we've built our life on sand, when those things that are around us that shift so easily like the winds, like the water, like the rain, when those things change, the structure will crash down. And that brings us to our F-bomb today. And it's an F-bomb that has completely corrupted the way that we think about being. It has shattered so many lives in this room right now. Because we as a culture have embraced it as the way to navigate life. And it's feelings. It's feelings. Because there's a big difference between feeling and knowing. There's a big difference between feeling and knowing. I want to take you back to a verse that we looked at out of Philippians last week. Let me again remind you of the context of the Apostle Paul as he pens these words in Philippians 3. He's in a jail cell, literally half the size of this little room. Actually, if we were going to divide it up to give you an authentic representation, it would be a quarter of the size of the stage. It was about four and a half feet tall, which meant that while he was imprisoned, he couldn't stand up completely. And he wrote these words in Philippians 3. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings. Can I tell you something he didn't say? He didn't say, I want to feel Christ. He didn't say, I'm alone in this place. And I just want to feel His presence. He said, I want to know Him. I want to know Christ. In the power of His resurrection and in the fellowship of His sufferings, I want to know Him. And there is a great big chasm between feeling and knowing. And far too many of us have anchored our lives and feelings. So when Jesus teaches us in Matthew 7 about the foundations that our life could be built on, He says one of these foundations that you can build on, it can't be... Anything that happens outside is not going to affect it. But one, every time the wind shifts... It's going to damage this. Every time there's an external force that acts against it, it's going to move the structure. And I'm going to submit to you today that that's feelings. That when we build our life on top of feelings, every wind that blows against us will knock it down. So let's look at the aftermath of a life that has been exposed to the F bomb of feelings. The first thing that I would point out is what we see in Jesus' teachings is that feelings provide an unstable foundation for life. Feelings provide an unstable foundation for life I honestly think that when we get to heaven and we actually get to see through God's eyes how we lived and we get to see how much feelings were involved in our navigating the world and making decisions and choosing how I will react to this when we get to see it We're going to be completely ashamed. Because I think that in the end, we're going to look childish. I I saw a clip on the internet that to me helped me understand how indeed childish we can look when our emotions and our feelings become that which is navigate when we get way outside of our maturity. Y'all watch this with me.
1: I'd like to take some time out for romance. My nephew Wesley has been on a long and arduous quest for love. He's three years old. He's never been in a serious relationship. True. So about a month ago, we began a search to to find Wesley a wife. And tonight, this ridiculous tale of kitty courting comes to a close. This is episode five of five of The Baby Bachelor. First came The Bachelor, then The Bachelorette, and now...
0: Hi, I'm Wesley, The Baby Bachelor.
1: Previously, on the most amazing first season of The Baby Bachelor in Baby Bachelor history ever, this happened, and then this, and who could forget when this happened, and this too. And then this. I have a baby. What? This. See losers. This. And most shocking of all, this. I don't trust that you have another girlfriend. That's bad. No, it's not bad. It's not bad. And now, with just Jesse and Gabriella, Wesley and I sit down to talk about this final, momentous, life-changing, earth-shattering decision. Wesley, you've been on an amazing journey this season. Yep, right. Have you found the woman of your dreams? Yes, my mommy. I'm Beside your mommy? Oh, yes. Are you ready to propose to one of the ladies? Yes, I picked out a wick. It all comes down to this. Who will Wesley choose? In order for one heart to be filled, another Must be forever destroyed. Hi, Leslie. It's good to see you. I miss you. He couldn't even face me. Doesn't look at me. Gabby. I'd like to take some time out for romance. My nephew Wesley has been on a long and arduous...
0: There we go. I'm telling you, emotions make a poor foundation for life. And I really think that when we take a moment and pause, and God will... By his grace, let us step out of what we have known. I think that we're going to look a lot like that. As a matter of fact, the book of Ephesians in chapter 4 says that when we have grown mature, the Bible says this, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind. That emotions and feelings in life blow us from one place to the next just like kids who were crying on aisle three because they wanted some Skittles and now they're crying in the checkout lane because they want a Snickers, right? It's just that kind of a life and unfortunately we do that because feelings make a poor foundation for life here's why here's why feelings lie feelings lie there are so many environmental chemical biological factors that influence our emotions and our feelings You might be simply feeling that way because you didn't need a Snickers bar. Y'all seen those commercials, (laughs) right? I mean, seriously. Feelings lie. Towards the end of my college career and as I was beginning my professional career as a teacher, I went through a season where my feelings got all out of whack. I mean that. Like it was a very difficult and dark season for me. And one of my mentors in college who has now went to be with the Lord, Dr. David Horton, who taught me really everything that I've ever known about worship or anything like that, sat me down in his office after losing his son in in a very tragic way and said, Son, Sometimes in life your feeler just gets all jacked up. And you got to know what you know. Because feelings lie. Feelings make a awfully poor basis for decisions. So whenever I sit down with someone and I am dealing with them and in, in the consequences of their behavior and they say, I just feel like this is the right thing to do. I know the people that know what to do tell me that I should be doing this. I know people that love me and care about me have told me that I need to do this. But I just really feel like right now. Like, really? That's all you got is a feeling. Because... As I see the invitation in the Bible, the God that we know has invited us into a light that we can know Him. So how do we navigate our feelings? How do we take... Because feelings are real. You're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel sad. When you lose in life, you're going to mourn. How do we process feelings? the first thing that I would tell you is to focus on what you know and build your life on that. Focus on what you know and build your life on that, especially when there's a tension between what you know and what you feel. I've sat down with couples that feelings have had a devastating role in their relationship. Because they both came out of homes where adultery was a big, huge part of the story of the legacy that their families left in their lives. And they would say things like, I just don't feel like I can trust them. And I would look at them and go, I mean, I know this guy. Like, I I live with this guy every day. I see him work. I see him live. I see him love you and your family. Like, what do you know about him? Well, I know he comes straight home every day. He takes care of our kids. And I know that when, when I get home, he's good to me and he talks to me. And I know that when we go to bed at night, He's there and He's faithful. He doesn't go out. And I know that when we wake up in the morning, He helps me get the kids ready for school. Well, go with what you know. Not what you feel. And I know that there's a tension in life sometimes to go, I just feel like something's going on. You want to know what we're supposed to do? Allow God to bring it to light. Stop letting your feelings run the way you live. Go with what you know. Here, Philippians 4. All right, so staying in that same book. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, the Apostle Paul says this, don't be anxious about anything. If you're prone to worry, memorize that. Because there is no out in that passage. There's no like, be anxious about everything except Your kids, you can worry about your kids. Or don't be anxious about anything except your finances. No, you can worry about none of that. Be anxious about nothing, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Focus on what you know. Focus on what you know and accept that you're not an expert in everything. That means that for some of you that have medical issues and you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you, no, it's, it's this and you go, I just feel like it's that I just really feel like the doctor's advice is bad really how how'd you get there or or you go you go to your friend who who loves you and cares about you and wants the best for you, and they say that friendship that you're in right now that friendship is killing you. Get out of it, and you go you know i just I just don't feel like that's what I should do. We need to embrace in the concept of feelings that if we're going to live by what we know, that we don't know everything. And there need to be people in our lives that we trust and that we allow to speak into. Because some of us right now are running plays in our lives that just aren't working. And you keep saying, I'm just going to figure it out. Give me some more time. You've had 20 years. It's not the fact that you can't figure it out. It's that you don't know what to do. And you need somebody who does. So if we don't know what to build our life on, if there is a situation that we're walking through, we need to have people in our lives that we can lean on and trust The second thing that's in your notes is the more that you respond to what you know, the more that your feelings will align to that. The more that we respond and live our lives by what we know and not by our feelings, our feelings will begin to get in line behind what we know. Because for many of us, Our feelings are just all jacked up and out of whack. And as we begin to do what is right, what will happen to our feelings is they will begin to come in line. The best illustration of this is the way that we eat. Because I know some of y'all, and the only thing you want when you get out of here is a donut and a Snickers bar. You don't want to go eat a good, healthy lunch. You just want to sit down and eat some sweets. But when we start to eat what is right, now we initially, in the very beginning, it's just a a will-based decision. Like, i got to make myself eat this stuff because I want to eat that other stuff. But after a while, after we start to make the right decision and the right decision and what happens to our bodies... It gets Our appetites get realigned. And all of a sudden, that thing that we wanted and we felt like we needed every day at 2 o'clock, I don't need now. So when our feelings are all jacked up, the way that we build a life is that we build a life on what we know. And as we begin to step into that, we need to realize that sometimes there is tension between what we know and what we feel. That if we respond to what we know, ultimately, our feelings will begin to align themselves with that. The last thing that's in your notes is that we need to realize that the invitation of Jesus is to know Him. The invitation of Jesus is to know Him. Is to know Him. It's not to spend a life chasing a feeling. It's to know Him. That God has, through Jesus Christ, made Himself known to the world so that we might be reconciled to Him through Jesus. Jesus. The invitation of God is to know him. So what kind of foundation do we want to build on? Do we want to build on a foundation that is sand, that is built on something that we think we feel we have maybe have a perception about? Or do we want to build a life that's built on Jesus? Because I know him and I know what he wants from me. And I know that when I get into this circumstance, that Jesus is there with me. And I can rest in that. And I know that He wants me to love my enemies. And so I don't have to be afraid of them. I don't have to try to think about getting them back because God's told me that revenge is His job. It's not mine. That I can freely give grace because that's what God has given to me. I can know Him in the power of His resurrection as God takes me from death to life. And I can know Him in the fellowship of His sufferings. The invitation of God is that we know Him so that as we build our lives, we build on a foundation that is knowing Jesus because the wind is coming. The rain is on its way. The water will one day rise. And the real question is, what will your foundation look like? Is it built on knowing Him? Or is it built on feelings? Let's pray. God, today, we just look to You And God, we ask that by Your grace and mercy You speak to us. There's some of us in the room today, God, that have literally built our lives on top of feelings. We navigate decisions and relationships by the words of I just feel like I need to do this. But God, would You visit us in a way That reminds us that we can know you and we can know what you want from us, that we can experience you in a way that brings life and knowing. For those of us that are in the room today and we feel quite unlovable, some of us in the room today feel like failures. Some of us today feel ashamed. Would you remind us that in the middle of all of that the invitation is to know you and to realize that those feelings are lying to us. That shame is taken away by your forgiveness. Today God We really want to know you. We don't just want to feel you. I want to know you. So for those of us that are in the room today and you feel a million miles away, God, I pray that somehow in our hearts we would know that you're here and that you love us and you want to be made right with us today. So with nobody looking around, everybody, eyes closed, heads bowed, let me ask you a really simple question. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Is He the foundation of your life? Is He the bedrock that you are building your life on top of. Or if you let feelings explode in your life and become the barometer by which you navigate. Do you know Jesus? Today, if you say, I don't know Jesus, but I want to know Jesus. I don't know Jesus, and my life isn't built on top of Jesus. But I want my life to be built on top of Jesus. I don't know Him, but I want to make the decision right now to know Him. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Awesome. Who else, anybody else in the room that would say that today? You can put your hands down. Who else in the room today would say, you know what? Feelings have been how I've been navigating life by the way I feel. If I wake up feeling good in the morning, I'm going to have a good day. But if I wake up feeling bad, I'm going to have a bad day. When I start to feel things going south, I just know something's going to happen. How many of you would say that that's you, but you don't want to live that way anymore? You want to live by knowing Jesus. How many of y'all would say that? Let's pray together. God, for those of us that are in the room today. For those of us that are in the room. God, we made a decision that we want to know you. God, would you please, by your grace and mercy, visit us so that we can know you. and God, for those of us that have been navigating life by the way that we feel, we look to you, God, because we trust you. And we want to build our lives by knowing you. It's in your name, God, we pray. Amen.